Hey everyone, Preston Keller here. Welcome to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. We're so excited that you tuned in and we've got a great episode lined up for you. But before we dive in, we do want to let you know that if you're on Facebook or on Instagram, we would love to connect with you there. Our handle is the same for both. It's at Rush Students. You'll be the first to know about podcast updates, about event details, or just inspirational content for you and your students. So we'll connect with you there on Instagram and Facebook. As most of you know, this is a brand new podcast, so congratulations, friend. You have just joined, you've been enlisted to the marketing team. Feel free to send this episode to your youth team members, to your youth pastor friends, or feel free to post it on social media. Anything you do to help spread the word, we are so appreciative, and we just say thank you. That's going to help a ton. If you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, feel free to leave a rating, leave a review. That actually helps us in the algorithm of podcasts and just gets the word out. So thank you in advance and welcome to the team. As I said, we've got a great episode lined up for you. On May 11th, 2020, we had a great youth leaders Zoom with three special guests. It was a Q&A night. Our youth leaders that were on, they got to ask their questions. And our three guests were Ryan Dean from Bossier City, Louisiana, Victor Jackson from Bellevue, Florida, and Adam Shaw from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. All three of these guys are are, uh, no strangers to youth ministry on the local level. All three of them literally speak around the world empowering and inspiring youth leaders and students at camps and conferences and the list goes on and on we could we could have a podcast episode uh just talking about the accolades and how special these three leaders are we love ryan dean victor jackson and adam shaw and actually we're gonna split our q a into two podcast episodes so welcome to part one of our q a with ryan dean Victor Jackson, and Adam Shaw. Let's dive right in. Question one, how do we keep students engaged and participating in our online programming? Um, I think there's there's two things, and this is going to uh, probably overlap, Ryan, with a whole bunch of conversations you and I've had over the past, uh, past little bit um, for I think for a lot of us, we have to build our content for the online audience. We have to understand that, um, you know, we're, you know, we're not in a physical location. And as a result, I think attention spans are a whole lot shorter. Um, and so for us uh, at, at our church, um, you know, we've, we've shortened everything um, while still providing something that is familiar. And so I'd say for youth ministry, you've got to build you've got to build your content for your online attention span. So uh, I think that's a really important way to, to, to understand where you're meeting people. You're meeting people on their mobile device, most likely, and you're meeting them with the attention span that they give to that, uh, to that mobile device with the various apps that, that, uh, that you're communicating to them on. So I think that's really important. Uh, two, I would say that your content should be spiritual. 
Um, so while we want to build content for the online audience, I think we need to remember who we are at our core. And that is we are continually driving people to a genuine experience with the spirit. And um, for us, the key has been passion and it has been um, driving people towards an experience that we have collectively together, but individually have in our homes. And so I think leaning into what the core value of the apostolic church has been forever, and that is the spirit of Jesus Christ is moving among us. I think leaning into that is key while also understanding the medium often will that you're using will often drive the amount of focus and the amount of time and attention that's given that's given to it. So um, th- those are the two things that I can think of that are kind of big, big picture without going down the rabbit hole of anything uh, that I can think right off the top of my head. I'll leave the rest of the other guys. I think a big focus right now, uh, a lot of our young people who are involved on a regular basis are still involved on a regular basis. So they're involved in the ministry. They're involved in the music. They're involved in the volunteering. We're helping uh, deliver food to shut-ins and such. The ones I think to pay a little special attention to right now are the fringe ones. The ones who are not actively involved in a ministry, they're the ones that will not just, there's not just the propensity to fall through the cracks right now. Um, that, that's already the case, even without the quarantine. Right now, it's a, it's a really good idea to reach out to them personally in a text message, ask them how they're doing. This, this, the Zoom meetings are incredible. They're perfect. The webcast, thank God for all this stuff. But right now, a little individual personal involvement in their lives that little extra uh, legwork is really key with these ones that are on the fringe that might've already had an issue staying plugged in. You got to reach out to them personally, connect with them on a very individual level. Yeah, I would concur with both of those thoughts um, that this Avenue is, I think going to be used uh, after this quarantine is over. I think there's still going to be zoom meetings uh, whenever we go back and uh, have our corporate worship, uh, because it's like Brother Dean was saying about that personal contact. And so you were finding other avenues instead of just meeting these young people on youth service nights or meeting them at youth prayer meeting, meeting them after church on Sunday. Now this has developed some day-to-day things, some some other avenues to stay in contact with them. And I think after this quarantine is over, if we would just continue to take advantage of them while we're meeting corporately, still have a contact uh, with them in the week. And even like he was saying, uh, those text messages, those personal contacts, you you can schedule a Zoom meeting with uh, one individual and have a person-to-person contact. You can do the FaceTime. You can, you can have a, hey, they're like, hey, I'm, I'm in trouble. Well, hey, let's schedule a Zoom meeting uh, tomorrow, and I want to talk to you one-on-one about it, where you don't have to necessarily go all the way there to their home. You don't, you, so, so there's still a way to have person-to-person contact after this is over, but I think this is a great way to cultivate uh, a bond between the youth group, number one, and a way to develop an accountability for their uh, personal disciplines. Um, I think this would be the perfect time to get a resource together, like Brother Keller was talking about, uh, to 
go through a devotion as a youth group together um, where it's a five day, not, I'm not talking about a 60 day devotion. I'm not talking about a 90 day devotion. I'm just talking about some, a three day devotion that you guys do as a youth group uh, where, whether it's from a book or whether it's from uh, a text uh, in the Bible uh, on peace, on loneliness, on, hurting on being misunderstood. I think when you go through those things together and then have a Q&A and something like a Zoom meeting or Instagram live or whatnot, I think it's going to allow that youth group to stay together during this time and uh, open door for them to express themselves as well. Question two, being creative during this season has been stressful. How do you keep your weekly programming fresh and yourself fresh? Because I have personally never been more exhausted. Personal devotion to Jesus Christ cannot be overstated. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe that is the basis. That is the core Um, creation. Creativity doesn't just exude out of the mind. It exudes out of the heart. Uh, so if we keep our hearts right and we keep our hearts in contact with him, he will give us things that will help the youth group, help those things. But if you stay fresh in your personal commitment to God, uh, it's, it's going to flow. Um, I thought, I think about God is speaking all the time. He's throwing creative nuggets all the time, all day. But it's about staying in tune with it and some type of order in your life. And this quarantine has thrown everybody out of their, out of their schedule, everyone out of their ritual. I know I, there's professional athletes that are, have been regimented playing sports since they, before their teen years. And they're, they're saying through their social media, they're saying 5 a.m. is the new 1 a.m., meaning – they're not getting to sleep till five o'clock in the morning because their schedule's so off. And so it's about trying to find some type of revamped schedule in this time and making sure that that time with the Lord uh, is, is prioritized. I could say more, but I, I love to hear uh, what Brother Sean and Brother Dean have to say about it. Go ahead, Adam. So I totally... I can empathize with the question. And it was a place I found myself in a few weeks ago uh, because like many of you, this is my first global pandemic. Uh, and so trying to figure out a new normal has been, has been just difficult. And so um, I decided because I was stuck in a rut, um, I decided I was going to do something crazy. I was going to try to read the entire New Testament in 30 days, the New Through 30 plan. You can get it on your version app. Um, I downloaded a PDF and put it on my fridge because like Victor, I'm old school with a paper Bible and a notebook. And, uh, and so it was amazing when I did that. Got a stack of books I wanted to read and stuff, and, and I'm still going still gonna to hit them up. Uh, but when I really intensely focused in on where the source of my creativity came from, um, how much it began to flow. So I went from 
for a lot, you know, just to be completely open, I went from re-editing uh, old thoughts from five or six years ago to um, I now have five one-page summaries that I can turn into a message or into content uh, or podcasts um, at at a moment's notice. And uh, I'm in Mark chapter 8. Um, and so um, that, that's been my key. So just to echo, echo what Victor said, it's your connection to God, your connection to his word. That's, that's a big, that's a big thing. Uh, also what just echo what he said, reclaiming a normal, a new normal for your schedule is going to be important. And I think three, if, you know, if I can just say this and that's cut yourself some slack. Um, yeah. This, this is crazy. Um, you know, this is when we got to walk in and trust in the Holy Ghost to to guide us and to help us and to be with us because this is this is like it's bananas. So our Ontario District Youth Convention is this week. We got to do it all online. Um, uh, I'm I'm speaking all the time at at our church. Uh, we're trying to take care of the needs of people, and I I had to preach on on Sunday. I wrote in my notebook, our con- my conclusion while I was walking up off camera and I was like, let's go for it. Uh, here we go. And you're like, I'm the kind of guy that scripts everything and I have it written down word for word. So, so I think you got to cut yourself some slack. You got to understand this season is intense. It's busy. Uh, everything has been thrown and this is when we got to rest in, in, in the, in the spirit of God and, and just give ourselves some grace because this, this is a crazy season. So relax, connect to God, connect to his word. And like Victor said, get yourself a new normal uh, as far as your schedule goes. Yeah. I would, I would echo the giving yourself or cutting yourself a little slack thing, because what happened was as soon as this webcast uh, quarantine season started, there was like this uh, creativity race. Everybody was trying to outdo each other and everybody was trying to see who had the best looking webcast and the best stage, the best environment. Like, okay, we're going to throw in a couch. We're going to throw, we're going to, everybody had a new idea and there were a lot of great ideas. But what happened is people started focusing on that a little bit too much at the beginning, in my opinion. And what happened is everybody settled into, okay, now we've actually got to focus on, on the, uh, the spirit behind this and the content behind this. And I think we prioritize the wrong thing for a while. And by the way, this doesn't just apply to the quarantine season. This applies to always people look right now. I, I follow probably 50 churches on Instagram. Um, and a lot of times you look at what they're doing and you kind of use them as ammo to beat yourself up with. And I think what's so much more important than, than proving to everybody how creative we are, which I'm all for uh, creativity. Um, I, I love creative arts. I, I love, I, I like drawing. I like photography. I like all that stuff. However, um, so much more important than creativity is authenticity is depth in your own personal walk, because that comes across so much more than any artistic endeavor that you could, um, that you can come up with your authenticity and your spirit can actually communicate through the camera so much better than your artistic skills will. And that's what people are looking for right now. So consistency and actual spiritual depth is don't get so focused on the artistic stuff that the, the other stuff takes a backseat. I, I want to add on to that one more time. I apologize for coming on again, but when they talked about cutting yourself some slack, I, this is the time in this quarantine with these youth leaders that are listening right now, 
that God is dealing with performance-driven leadership. You are going to burn yourself out if you measure your effectiveness in God's kingdom and to God by how well you perform. And this is a time where you have to learn that there are seasons to just rest in him, number one. Uh, number two, God doesn't judge our relationship with him depending on how well we lead, how well we perform, how much we pray, how much we study. As a matter of fact, guilt can work against your ability to study. So when you're walking around guilty for not studying, for not praying as much, it is actually counterproductive. It will work against you because there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. When Jesus came on the scene, the first words the Father spoke of him, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hold on one second. He hadn't died for anybody yet, hadn't opened the blinded eye yet, hadn't unstopped the deaf ear, yet the Father said, I am pleased with you. Why? Because my pleasure in you is determined by your relationship, is not determined by your performance. No matter how well you perform, you're still my son. And we have to cut ourselves some slack and understand that we are sons and daughters of the king, no matter if we are lacking in creativity, no matter if we're doing great in creativity, and is resting assured in that, so we'll be able to minister to these young people that God's not looking for a per perfect disciple. He's looking for somebody that's faithful, that's committed to trying, and that just keeps getting back up and just won't quit. Question three. No matter what life circumstances surround me, how can I dial in a healthy routine of daily spiritual disciplines? Uh, what you got to do, in my opinion, is you have to know where your time goes. That's the, um, oh man, I forget, the effective executive, Peter Drucker. That was, uh, that was one of the biggest takeaways that I, I took from his book was uh, being a steward of your time uh, and, honoring, and, and, what, and honoring time. And that was a, I think that was a biblical principle that he was, he was pulling from. Um, because we're to be stewards of our time, and that means we know where our time goes. Um, and so I think if you're one of those people that you are, you're, you've got wide open time right now, um, you've got a lot of open space, and that's driving you crazy. You need to fill that space with something, um, you know, and fill it with your most important things first, and then, you know, move move forward after that. If you are the, uh, in the, uh, the second group where this is the craziest, wildest, busiest season of your life, which is where our family is at right now. My wife works in healthcare and, uh, and we're now homeschooling our, our son. And uh, if you've met Judah, you know that he is, he is an awesome, smart little boy that has an, he has no gears except for one, which is like, the fastest one. I'm, I don't really know a whole lot about engineering. So it just, it's just whatever gear that goes fast, that's, that's his gear all of the, all of the time. And so um, a few things for me have been to prioritize what I think is most important and, uh, and do those things first. So it's off my plate and my mental energy is not, and my physical energy is not drained when I, go, when I go to do them. So find out what's most important. Do those things first. 
An alternate is to set a list of two or three big wins for the day. If you're going to have a really busy day, set two, three tops, big wins for the day. And you just say, before I go to bed, I'm going to do these two or three things. So you, you, can, you fit them in when you can fit them in if you don't have a lot of time or, or a lot of control over your time because you're, you're working um, in a job where you, you can't set your own hours and, and you can't determine that kind of stuff. So you, you say, okay, I don't have a lot of control over these 8 to 10 or 12 hours, but before I go to bed, I'm going to do these three things. And in my opinion, the two of those three things are you need to spend time with the Lord in prayer and you need to be in his word. And then the third thing can be, um, can be something else. So whether it's write that sermon or listen to that podcast or read that other book, uh, but you just set, you know, two or three big wins for the day and say, before I go to bed, I'm, I'm going to try to get them done. And another thing to clear your head, and uh, I know clearly I'm a bastion of physical fitness and athleticism, uh, uh, so I'm highly skilled to talk on this subject. But uh, I, I, I fixed my, or I got my bike fixed, and I'm now riding my bike uh, when it's not snowing in May. So uh, do, getting outside and doing something physical, just walking around the block, going for a bike ride, going for a run for those that can, uh, those things are really, really, really powerful for your, your mental and emotional health. Your, there's, there's this connection between your mind and, and your body that, that God, God designed. And when you're cooped up in the house all day or you're working your fingers to the bone and you don't just get outside and go for a walk, um, you, can, you can be pretty drained. So that, that's to summarize what I just said. It's know where your time goes, fill your time, the blocks of time you do have control over with useful things. Or if you don't have control over your time, just set two or three tops priorities for your day. And two of those need to be pray, read the word. And then finally walk around the block or go for a bike ride, do something to clear your head. You'll feel so much better when you're done. Yeah. The, your personal walk with God, your, your time in prayer and your time in the word. That's, that's like the unmovable thing on your schedule. You set it on your schedule and you don't move it. Because if you try to fit it in, it won't happen. And you'll go to bed and you'll say, Lord, you know, and you just like pray like a 30-second prayer at the end of the night. That's your unmovable thing. I want to echo what Adam said about like the uh, two things that you absolutely must do for the two or three, uh, three goals that you have to accomplish. Do that 100%. Um, right now, my screen, I had to just turn my screen off because some sort of fight erupted with my boys in the other room. And I had to go play investigator for a moment to try to figure out who did what, because one of them's crying and the other one ran to the other room. So that's immediate guilt. But, um, these little things crop up, but there has to be, there has to be something in your schedule that's immovable. That's your walk with God. That's the things that you have to accomplish. But, um, in all of, okay. So I'm trying to figure out a way to phrase this. I'm a huge advocate. I have to have a recharge time. I'm an introvert. So my recharge time happens alone. Um, I have to, I have to, I have to read the word and I have to talk to God or else I go into some sort of a dark state in my mind. So like I do that. I have the tasks that I got to do. I have my responsibilities with my family that I have to take care of, but I, have, I also have to find some time to recharge. And uh, so I have, I do have a few little hobbies and if I don't do those things, I start noticing. Also, I want to echo uh, Adam's thing about going outside Y'all, vitamin D 
do a little research on vitamin D and think about how much we're deprived of it now, especially during the quarantine. Get outside and walk around your neighborhood. Uh, if you live in an apartment complex, go outside, walk around the parking lot. Get, get some uh, sunlight on you a little bit because all this stuff actually does help reset our brain and help refresh us. I know that sounds like a hippy-dippy thing to be talking about. However, I promise you, if you look at the science behind it, God, God, I believe God actually wants us to be out there. Because the more we're in here, the more our world becomes the screens, it becomes the phones, it becomes every screen in your house. The more you get out there, you're reminded there's something great, big beyond us. Uh, I think that's what, man, I'm really sounding like a hippie now. Brother Victor, talk immediately because I'm about to, I'm about to like become a PETA, PETA advocate or something on here. This is good, bro. Come on, bring us some more. That's good. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. Trust me, I'm oh, done. Oh, you're done. You're so fucking. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's what they're talking about. You know, it starts with priority. You have to understand that Jesus said, if you abide in the vine, you will bear forth fruit, much fruit, more fruit, and last of all, remaining fruit. That's not in condition on the beauty of of the branches is not the condition of the performance of the branches. The branches have one responsibility, and that is to abide in the vine. So the fruit of your ministry is going to come out of your relationship with God. So if you're not spending time with God, no matter how it looks on the outside, there's no fruit that's going to come out of it. I don't care how many people are coming to the events, how many people are joining the Zoom call, how many how much it looks like great things are happening. God said there can be no fruit unless you abide in the vine. And when you understand that importance, you're going to prioritize it. Uh, You're going to prioritize it. And the first way you're going to prioritize it is you're going to have to eliminate distractions. Uh, Minimizing and eliminating distractions are key to developing any type of discipline. I can't study in this office. You know why? Not because it's not a great office, not because it's great. I can't study in this office because I will open the refrigerator 10 times for no reason. Hey, my little man's on here. (laughs) Good to see you, man. Um, And so I will literally, I will literally open the refrigerator 10 times for no reason. I'll, I will check on my wife just to make sure she's sleeping well. I will, I will check on my son to see if he called me. I'm too distracted here. So I have to, I learned, I said, this is a distraction. I learned I have to get out of my house and treat my devotion uh, like I'm going to work, like I'm clocking in. That's where I developed Starbucks, studying at Starbucks. It was somewhere that's open at five o'clock in the morning. It's open early. So as soon as I get up in the morning, I get out the house and I go and study. And then I would study and I have my phone with me and then I get distracted by my phone. So I started leaving my phone in the car. And do you know, when I started studying away from my home, when I started putting my phone away, my devotion time increased. When you eliminate distractions, When your distractions decrease, your devotion will increase. So you have to identify what are the things that interrupt the flow of you getting in the spirit, the flow of you doing studies. And like I told them earlier, uh, before this thing went 
went uh, live. Look, this quarantine messed up my Starbucks habit, y'all. I was going to Starbucks four to six times a week for six years. I mean, that was that was a staple, and it took me like six months to a year to even develop the habit. So that was a seven-year investment that the corona just said, get out of here. And so for the first week of quarantine, I was like, who am I? What's my name? How am I living? You know, uh, the second week, I'll try different things, and I'm like, it, it's not working. The third week, I started finding a little bit of a flow, and then I'm finally getting into a flow right when everything's starting to open back up. So, so it's nonstop transition, but as long as, like Brother Dean said, if you prioritize it, if you put it at the forefront, your day will fall in, in alignment and fall in productivity but you got to prioritize that because that's the only way fruits come down. Question four. What's a skill or piece of knowledge that you have now that you would share with your brand new youth pastor self? Can I tell a quick story? Is that all right? Take like 30 seconds. Absolutely. Okay. One of my hobbies is don't roll your eyes at me. I'm not a communist, but I like soccer. I like basketball. I like soccer. It's like the only two things I really like. Um, in soccer history, it developed separate, like the game developed separate. So in regions, it would develop, it would develop in a very different way. And so Scotland had their way of playing and England had their way of playing. Now I'm talking about like 1900, they meet up and they, they play each other for the first time. And the Scottish people destroyed the English. And the reason they destroyed them is because the Scottish people, when they got the ball, when somebody got close to them, they would kick it away from themselves to another teammate like you're like okay that's that's like simple it's it's passing the ball the english people didn't even it didn't strike them hey i can pass the ball they would just put their head down and they would run with the ball until somebody either took it from them or they got a shot so it never occurred to them to pass the ball and meanwhile the scottish guys are kicking it all over the field and they absolutely destroyed them what killed me for about the first this is going to sound horrible like 10 years of student ministry was I thought that I had to prove myself all the time, especially being a pastor's kid. I don't know if any, other, uh, any of you are PKs as well. I felt like I had to prove to people that it wasn't just nepotism that got me into the position. I wanted to make sure that I worked hard enough and proved myself enough to where people said, okay, he's doing a good job. Meanwhile, I wasn't passing the ball. So we had all these people that would have been willing to do things that I'm not even good at. And meanwhile, I'm trying to do all of it. So there are certain things that I'm okay, that I'm like, I would consider myself, uh, I'd have strengths and then I have some glaring weaknesses. And I, I tried to work on the weaknesses all the time instead of using people to fill those gaps. And if I would have realized uh, how much that could have helped early on in the process, it would have changed everything for me. Because um, we had so much talent that I probably never even thought to use because I didn't pass the ball enough. Look, if you're new in youth ministry, and you feel like you have to prove yourself, the way that you're going to prove yourself is how you can use people. Learning how to delegate tasks, learning how to find people's strengths and weaknesses. And if they're weak in something, don't make them the head of something they're weak at. Like you have to, that's the biggest part of leadership probably in your organization is figuring out where the strengths and weaknesses of your team are and incorporating their strengths and minimizing their weaknesses, including your own. So that's the biggest thing that I would change in my early ministry 
is learning how to pass the ball a little bit, learning how to use other people because I did not do a good job of that early on. For me, I would say um, there's, a, there's a couple of things. Number one would be uh, pastoral care and the role of grief in the transition moments of a, of a young person's life. So I, I, read, um, I read a textbook uh, on pastoral care uh, by Bruce Peterson. It's called The Foundations of Pastoral Care. It's an excellent, excellent book. And there are short, punchy, practical chapters called Being a Pastor in Times of, and then it's uh, Death and Dying, um, Suffering and Grief, um, Joy and Celebration, etc. And, and one of the things that, that I, I wasn't aware of is that every time that people go through a, a life transition, so junior high to high, high school to college or the workforce, um, it's the Foundations of Pastoral Care by Bruce L. Peterson. I uh, hope that, that helps you out, Joshua. Uh, and anyone else that's looking for it. And so uh, it's an excellent, excellent book. So, so here's the deal. Every time someone goes through a transition, even if it's good, you suffer a sense of loss. That's grief. And grief is a discombobulating human experience because you're now, you've lost something that has been familiar and now you're in this, this, you know, this completely new normal. In fact, probably if we're going to be all honest in this room here, this Zoom room that we're in, uh, a lot of our greatest struggles that we have had mentally and emotionally and even a bit spiritually when we all went on lockdown is that we're grieving. We're grieving the loss of normal. We're grieving being with our young people. We're grieving being able to go to church. We're grieving being able to go to a restaurant and just hang out with friends at their homes. We, you know, and, and here in Hamilton, we're under, we're not an essential service. Um, churches are not treated that way at all. We'll probably be the last group allowed to reopen. Uh, and we're under five or less gatherings. And let me tell you what, I didn't realize it, but I was grieving for the first couple of weeks. I missed my church. I missed my team. I missed praying with people in the altar. I, I, missed, I missed worshiping together on Sunday. I missed preaching to a room of people. And now I'm preaching into a 250-seat auditorium uh, with a camera in the back of the room. And, and I was like, why do I feel... Like I'm in a funk. Why do I feel like I'm so messed up and, and my emotions are, I'm, I'm edgy and then I'm sad. I, I'm elated and then I feel completely depressed. I'm excited that we've baptized a few people and we got, you know, almost 10 in Bible studies over the past couple of weeks. But at the same time, when I wake up some mornings, there's like this cloud over my head and I feel like I'm trapped. And I realized I'm grieving grieving what I've that what what this coronavirus lockdown has taken away from my life and for all of the pontificating that I see on social media about the churches outside the walls and all that kind of stuff and um, there is still a still a sense of loss that I that I have felt and I finally realized what it was and so sorry to go off on a tangent there but I, I just felt something in my heart I just wanted to share but the role of grief in life transition is huge. So when, when students go through a divorce, um, when they go from junior high to high or high school to college, 
when they move out the first time, right? That's, that's why there's such great spiritual struggles in young adulthood. It's because so many young adults don't understand they're grieving. They're grieving the loss of the ease of life of their high school years when it was go to locker, go to homeroom, eat lunch at this time, you know, sit in class, and now they have to figure out life, right? That's why, you know, um, so I would say that was a huge thing for me, not understanding that people grieve at every life transition. Uh, and so I'll just leave it at that because I've, I've already spoken for a bit, but, but that, that's what I would say that, that, that was, was a huge thing that I learned is that these transition moments of people's lives, they're full of hope, they're full of joy, they're full of exciting new things, but they're also full of a sense of loss. And so understanding that is key. And the stages, people go the same stages of grief that people go through and walk through when they lose a loved one. It's when their parents get a divorce or when they move out of their house for the first time. Now, it's obviously less sharp and less harsh, but it's all still there. I wish I would have known that earlier. Friends, youth ministry fam, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Hey, remember, this is just part one. So stay tuned for part two of our Youth Leader Zoom Q&A with Ryan Dean Victor Jackson, and Adam Shaw. This is the Rush Student Ministry Podcast, and we'll see you next time.